1: no all you want I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You're working in this place. darkness. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Whoa. Oh. Oh.
0: want to look at one of the foundational core values of our church. And as I'm sitting here, I totally remember that I totally forgot to give the scripture passages to to Nathan and them. So you're going to be in your Bibles today. Ephesians chapter 4. But like I said, one of the core foundations of our church, right? In in other words, who are we? Who is the Willard Church of the Nazarene? We, We want to create a culture in here that moves and drives us in a certain direction. Right? If you were here a few weeks ago, I talked about culture and, and what that is, and, and I equated it to a, a swimming pool analogy. Right? If you've ever been in a swimming pool with a group of people and you've had this great idea, hey, let's move around the outside of the swimming pool, the, the inside on the outside. Uh, if you get moving everybody in the same direction, right, you can create this whirlpool this whirlpool effect. And even if you stop moving, right? We've done it on vacation. Even if you stop moving, the current drags you and pulls you. That's what we want for the culture of this church. We want us, first of all, to all know which direction we're heading. That way, so we can all be moving. That way, if somebody else jumps in the pool, they're going to be pulled along in that same direction. Right? That's the culture that we want to establish as a church. In, in that time, we talked about we want to establish prayer as one of the core values of our church. We want to be intercessors. We want to pray for people. And you see that, right? You, you see that in how we're praying for our teens, how teens are going to be praying for their kids, how we, how we recognize and pray for people on every Sunday morning, right? How we get, meet together on Sunday night, how we, how we get together on Fridays and Saturdays and pray. Prayer needs to be at our core in everything that we do today. I want to talk to you about family though, and I want to talk to you on how we how we view our church right um, as a part of our DNA, as a part of who we are as the Willard Church of the Nazarene. We want to see the church as family that 's super important right it 's part of our motto, right We were once friends, we met we were friends, we became friends, but now we're family, and we're just not family. We're family on a great mission, right? There's a call for our lives. So I want to hit on that middle part and remind us of what that means that we're family. It's important that we see church in that respect because how you see something will determine how you interact with that thing, right? Right? How you see something will determine how you interact. If you see the church as a business, you're going to interact with it in a certain way. If you see the church as a country club, you're going to interact with it in a different way. Ephesians 4 is the passage where Paul is talking and introduces the fivefold ministry of the church. Ephesians 4.11, if you would look at that. This, this is the fivefold ministry of leadership that God has given. It says given to the body, the church. He gives us this this structure, and then he explains the reason why he gave it, the purpose that he set it up in this way. Would you stand in honor of God's word? Ephesians 4, we're gonna be starting at verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Those are the five groups that God gave us. Why? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. There's a goal. Become mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. Of Christ. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ, that's what we refer to as sanctification. We're a holiness people. That's one of our attendants says all Nazarene church. We're we're a Christian people, we're a missionary people, and we're a holiness people. And we refer to sanctification. When when we grow in this, then verse 14, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Boy, there's a lot of deceitful scheming out there, right? Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, would you speak to it? Speak to us through it. Lord, would you soften our hearts? Would you open our eyes and our ears? Would you help us to understand this? Would you call us? Lord, would you transform us to look more like these principles? Would you give us wisdom, Lord? Lord, we thank you for this light unto our path. And we give you praise for it. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. My, my friends, God has ordained the church to be an integral part in the life of every believer in becoming mature, right? In order for us to be effective in this endeavor, we need to see the church as God intended it to be. Today, there are, there are people who are frustrated with the church. There are people that are disillusioned with the church because, because we don't see the church correctly, right? And, and it, and as a result of this frustration, we see a lot of people leaving the church. We see a lot of people changing and going to this church and that church, searching for something, something that gives them meaning and purpose, right? The, the problem is today uh, the culture that we have in America. We're, we're taught to focus in on customer service. We're taught to focus in on consumerism. Now, those things are not bad things. In our country, right? You better have good customer service if you have a business. It's just smart, right, to do that. If you want to keep regular customers, it's good to focus in on those things. If we go to a restaurant and the service is bad, then chances are, unless the food's amazing, we're probably not going to be back, right? Unless you live in Willard and you don't have any choices to go to, right? I don't like it, though, when I go to a a restaurant and I sit there forever and it's like somebody forgets to wait on you. Right, that that bugs me, uh, or you, you just sit there wondering, did they forget about us? Right, or, or we have all had those all had those experiences where it takes forever for our food to come, right? We've all had the experience that we order the pizza without mushrooms and we get a pizza delivered with mushrooms, right? We've all had the uh, uh, experience where we go through the drive-thru. This is my biggest pet peeve, and we order for the family. And by the time we get home, it's at that point we realize, oh, they shorted us something or they did something wrong, right? Those are the things that upset us. Those, those are legit expectations, though, for, for restaurants and for businesses. Now, imagine, though, if I had those same expectations when I came home, right? How do you think that would... Work out. Imagine I walk into my house and, and I think of it as a place of business. That's going to cause me some problems. That's going to cause me some issues. Could you imagine if I, I go and sit down at a table and I'm, I'm just waiting for somebody to bring me water and rolls, right? At the 10-minute mark, I'm probably going to start to be confused as did they forget about me? Where, where are they? What's going on? If I, if I say something, right, is, is somebody going to bring me some water or is somebody going to bring me some rolls? What, what's the answer that I'm going to get? Get it yourself, right? Could you imagine me thinking, wow, the service here is horrible at that. Could you imagine if I went into my bedroom and I expected my bed to be made and stuff to be picked up like in a hotel? Could you imagine if I expected that fresh... Um, towel every day folded up neatly right uh, could you imagine if i expected every day to come in and clean off the sink where i got the toothpaste all over and everything like that could you imagine if i came in here and i vented to you about that gosh the service at my house is horrible right <laughs> you'd be like james that's a hotel that's your house that's not a hotel right or, or that's your house, that's, that's not a restaurant. You'd think I was crazy if I viewed my home that way. How you view something determines how you interact with it. Do you see why that's important? Unfortunately, we've got the wrong image of the church. And that leads a lot of people to be frustrated with it. It leaves a lot of people to leave it, right? Here's what Ephesians says, is the purpose of the church at its core, at the core of this fivefold ministry, right? It's all focused in one direction on maturity. The church focus is trying to help you mature. My, church, my, my purpose as a pastor, right, is to see that you are equipped and that you are ready for ministry. And it specifically says for acts of service. Why? So that you'll grow so that you'll mature and look like jesus christ i'm successful if by next year you look back on this year and you say wow i've grown that would be a a mark of of me being successful and you being successful even if it's six months from now wow look look at how i've grown in patience look at how i've grown in, in kindness my friends that's the process of sanctification And the end result is that we should look more and more like Jesus Christ. Do you see growth from where you were three months ago, six months ago, a year ago, when you compare that to today? Do you see growth in areas of patience? Do you see growth in your anger? If you don't, What's the reason why? What's lacking? We want to look at that. How do you see the church, right? Let, let me give you two important words, justification and sanctification. Justification, when you get saved, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, when you realize that you're a sinner in need of saving and you ask God to, to save your life and you put your faith and your trust in him, you are justified. It is just as if I had never sinned, right? You're, you're born again. You become a a new creation when that happens. Justification happens once. You can't get more justified, right? But sanctification is different. The Holy Spirit, when you acknowledge him as Lord, when you ask him to come in and save you, the Holy Spirit is given to you, right? And the more areas that you surrender to the Holy Spirit, the more areas that you grow in the more areas that you mature in, the more areas that you look more like Jesus Christ in, right? If you do that, you'll grow in the fruits of the Spirit. You'll you'll grow in areas like being more patient and, and kind because you're connected to Jesus and you're becoming more and more like him every day. It's a process, Justification is that one-time thing where you make that decision, where you ask God to save you. And then sanctification is that ongoing process where you follow him. It's a path, a narrow path, where you choose every day, am I going to pick up my cross and follow him, or am I going to go my own direction? Right? This, this maturity process will make more sense, though, if you see the church as a family as opposed to a, a business that should give you good customer service. Flip back to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2.19. This is Paul talking about this new relationship that we have with God. And he says this, Ephesians 2.19, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers... But fellow citizens, right? With God's people, and it gets even better. And also members of his household. Your family. Your members of his household. Your family, right? Do you hear that language? The church is a family. This is God's heart, right? The Bible says we become children of God when we come to know him and put our faith and trust in him, right? We we call out to God as our what? Heavenly Father. Image of family. Paul says he he wanted to welcome the 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 Roman church to welcome and help Phoebe, who he called our sister in Romans 16.1. When when Peter wanted to commend Sylvanus, he called him a faithful brother. We have those languages, right? We see the apostles time in and time and again when they're writing in the New Testament refer to brothers and sisters. That's because the church has to be a family, and we have to see that way as God intended it to be seen, right? The, the Smiths have this family tradition where they go to North Carolina every year on vacation. And I remember my first year that I got invited to that. It was Cliff, it was Debbie, it was the two grandmas, it was myself, Adavie, Miles, and Emma. Uh, and I remember just being on vacation. I just remember how it felt like family, though, right? How it functioned like family. The, the more times that I've gone, I've seen this time and time again, year after year when we go on vacation, right? Uh, and I noticed everyone has a role to play on that family vacation, right? Some people cook, some take a night to make a family meal, some people clean, some people set up beach stuff. Early on, somebody handed me a trash bag, right? I think it was Cliff. And I very wisely understood that as my role to play in this family. You take out the trash, right? One time I was handed some corn, a bag of corn, sweet corn, to Shuck. Shuck? Yes. Not Chuck, right? Shuck. There we go. I learned the right lesson with that one. Uh, recently, I, I understand my role is to be the one who loads the dishwasher, right? That's something that that I can do. That's a part that I can play. But that only makes sense if I see this as family. That will only make sense if I see it in that way. Because I never walked into a restaurant and somebody handed me a trash bag and I went to do trash, right? I never shucked my own corn at a restaurant. I never loaded the dishwasher. If that happened, I'd be like, what are you doing? Right? That doesn't make sense. I'd be frustrated with that. I'd probably be a little bit irritated. But when it's a family thing, it makes perfect sense. Even, even if you're on vacation. Right? If you don't see church as a family, then when somebody hands you a trash bag, or they ask you to jump in and serve, you're going to be like, what in the world are you doing? Doesn't somebody get paid to do that? Shouldn't that be the pastor's job let them do it right i mean what are you trying to do get free labor from me don't don't i give money don't i pay for this sort of thing go hire somebody to do that thing could you imagine if i was on vacation i was on vacation with my family and i had those thoughts right when somebody handed that w- what are you trying to do get free labor from me like you want me to work for you I'm on vacation. Right? It just wouldn't work out. This is this is why we as an American, as Americans, have to be very careful. Because we have this cultural pull in all other areas. And if we're not careful, we bring that culture into the church and we see it in that same light, right? And it confuses us. And it causes us irritation, right? When you're offered a trash bag, we do it because you're called to do acts of service. Didn't we just read that? You're called to do acts of service. It says at the end, we're all called to do our part. What is your part in this church? What is it, right? Do you have a part to play? And if we will do those things, right, what can be the results? We can mature. We can grow. We can look more like Jesus Christ. There's, there's three people that don't serve in a family setting. Three people. The first group nobody gets upset with for not serving. That's little kids, right? Why don't we get upset if babies and little toddlers don't serve? They're not mature enough, right? They're not, they're not ready at this point. The world revolves around them, and we don't get mad when we have to wait on them and help them out, right? They're not mature enough to take out the trash bag. They're not... Mature enough to know how to do that. Guess who is mature enough, though, to do that? My son Ethan, right? He's at an age where he can take out the trash. Guess who's mature enough to load the dishwasher? My daughter Lydia, right? She can load, she can help out with that. They're old enough, and they should pitch in with those things. I might bring Mr. Finley with me to shuck some corn, But I'm not going to put that responsibility on him. I'm going to take him with, but ultimately they don't have that responsibility because they're too young for that. And so we don't expect that. That's the first group. The second group are guests. One year, Emma brought a friend, right? She almost died, but she brought a friend. That's a good story to tell you some other time. But nobody expected her to jump in. And how about, because she's a guest. And some of you are guests, Right, We don't have that expectation on you. Why? Because you're not family yet. You can be, but you're not family yet. Angie's first year with us, we expected him to do the work because he was already family, right? He wasn't a guest, he's family. So are you a family member or are you a guest? The culture that we want to have in here is that we have no expectations if you're a guest. If you're a guest, we don't expect you to give, right? We don't even pass a plate here, right? Because we know our family members, they'll give, they'll support. They know how to do that. If you're a guest, though, we don't expect you to jump in. We don't expect you to serve. But if you're not a guest, if you said, the Willard Church of the Nazarene, that's my church. This is my family. Then we expect you do acts of service that you contribute in the best way that you can one area that everybody can do this because some people are limited right with different things the best area that you can do is prayer and that's why we started off with prayer because we want that that he at the first and foremost will you will you take the sheet home with you and pray for people right are you willing to do that at the very least If you're a member, we we ask people to become members of the church, and then we give them added responsibilities, added expectations. And one of those things is we expect you to pray, right? If this is your family, don't you want to do that, though, right? Yes, we don't have those expectations, right, for those people. But once you do say, yeah, this is is my my family. I want to be a part of this body, right? Then jump in and serve, right? And if you don't have a place to serve, come talk to me. And ask me, hey, this, this is my passion. This is my, this is my gift that I believe God has given me and I want to serve in some capacity. Or, man, I really hate that this happens. Can we do something about it? Yeah, let's start a new ministry, right? That'd be awesome. And people have done that. And that's exciting, right? So look for a place to serve if you, are a, if you do consider this your family, right? Third group. And we've never experienced this on vacation, I don't think, but it would be that weird, ankle, weird uncle that comes and just sits on the couch and expects everybody to, to do everything for them. And they just do nothing to contribute. Maybe you've been at a family dinner and you've, you've experienced that weird uncle, right? That would be crazy, though. It's only crazy if it's family, though, right? It wouldn't be crazy if we were at a restaurant and that weird uncle did nothing and expected everybody to wait on him. It's crazy, though, if it's family, right? There's a design to the church where everyone who's a member, everyone who's a part of it, and everyone who's not a guest or not somebody really young, there's a design that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, right, and are born again, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and you are given a spiritual gift to build the body. What's your spiritual gift? Do you know what it is? Right? Romans 12, 5-8, So in Christ, though many form one body, that's another great analogy for the church, not only our family, but we're a body, right? And each member belongs to all the others. I belong to you, you belong to me. We have different gifts, right? According to the grace given to each of us, If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. Listen to this one. If it is to encourage, right, then give encouragement. I don't know what I could do. Can you encourage somebody? You can do that, right? And how big of a gift is that? If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy do it cheerfully, right? Here's the thing. If you don't engage in this, chances are you're not going to be maturing. I asked you, are you different than where you were three months ago, six months ago, a year ago? If you said no, are you engaging with this? Are you serving? Are you working? Are you doing those things? If you don't, I think you're going to have a growth barrier, right? If you understand church as a family, this makes sense. It's not weird at all. If church is a business, though, if church is a country club and just meant to make your life easier, it's not going to make sense. If it's all about consumerism, then the purpose of that is that... It should sell me something, right? It should make my life easier. It should entertain me. That's the culture of consumerism that is a large part of our culture out there. Consumerism is great. I love the idea of people sitting around and doing nothing else than thinking about how to make my life easier. That's great, right? Thinking about how to make my life faster and better. I don't like struggle and the purpose of consumerism is to take all struggle from our lives right you remember the staples commercial from a long time ago never once did i think that going shopping for office supplies was difficult but staples convinced me it was and that i needed an easy button right you need an easy button it should be easier for you you should go to them For office supplies. They'll remove the struggle. Now we have the ability to order our groceries online. Praise God. That's awesome, right? And go pick it up at Walmart. Or heck, we can even have them delivered to our house. It takes away the struggle. My my dad was amazed when he came to Ohio because we had these things called drive-thrus. And instead of having to go to a store and get out of your car and go in line and pick up that gallon of milk and go pay for it, you could just drive through these buildings We didn't have that in Illinois. You could just drive through these buildings, and it removed all that struggle, right? That's our American culture. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing out there. But it's not a good thing in here. And if we strive to remove all the struggle, we're going to be at odds with what Jesus Christ calls us to do right? You're going to hear, hopefully you're going to hear a conflicting message in here because you're going to hear a call to serve and not be served. In here, you're going to, you're not going to hear a call to try and make your life easier. We're going to tell you crazy things like love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Give sacrificially and generously Right? Pick up your cross. Those are the messages that are coming here. And when we have that American cultural mindset of the business, of the restaurant, right, we're going to be confused when we come in here and we see it's inconvenient because it's going to be in here. right? We're going to be confused when it's a struggle. As a result, church is going to be tempted to make, make things all about making things easier for people. Because if you don't, you could be worried about losing people. But that can't be our culture. Instead, our culture has to be it's family, right? We serve each other, we belong to each other. If you're new to the faith, following God has struggle in it, right? It's inconvenient, it's sacrificial. That's just the nature of following Jesus. And that'll make sense to us. Because even being in a family is difficult sometimes, right? You have those people that annoy you. You have those difficult moments, right? But it's an opportunity to mature. It's an opportunity to grow. If you're, if you're a parent, right, you understand this. You, you hate to see your kids go through struggle. But we, at the same time, we understand that through that struggle, right, they're going to become an adult. They're going to learn some adult-type things. They're going to mature and be better ready to face life as parents we're called to raise men and women we're calls called to raise fathers and mothers right and unfortunately in our culture today we've gotten away from that where we're trying to remove all the struggle from our kids lives right and it, it's keeping them immature we see that today don't we right The the struggle is one of those things that helps a person mature. If our kids have a problem with the coach, we go to the coach, right? And we tell them off. If our kids have a problem with the teacher, we go to the teacher and tell them off. If our kids don't want to wait to save up money for that new thing, we, we find a way to purchase that new thing for them. We try to take away the struggle. We try to take away the struggle in winning at sports. Have you noticed that, right? Everybody's a winner. No, sometimes you lose, and that can be a really good thing because in that struggle of losing you can mature through that the mineralville eagles didn't win a football game all last year right but they came through that season with more maturity more devoted to each other more devoted to working hard they knew they understand they had to pull together right they had to get into the weight room they had to change their attitude right for themselves no, for the team, for the brotherhood, right? Their, their struggle made them into better football players, and our struggles make us into better men and women. It can help us mature. We need to quit bailing our kids out when they get into trouble. Let them go through it, right? Let them learn from that. James 1, 2, 3, 4, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything, right? Many times, God will allow you to be placed in a spot where you have to dig a little bit deeper, where you have to trust a little bit harder, where you have to to put your faith in God completely, right? Right? further than you understand, further than you want to, but through it, it will mature you. Right? When I was in the teens, I would tell the story of an emperor moth. A man found a cocoon of an emperor moth and he took it home so that he could just watch it. And he noticed that a little hole opened up in that cocoon. And he sat there and he watched that that moth struggling to get out of that hole. And after a little while... It seemed like the moth gave up. So in his kindness, he took some scissors and he snipped up the opening a little bit further, made the hole bigger. And what happened? That moth was able to get out of it, right? But that moth came out all bloated with very thin wings. And what he would learn was that it was in the struggle... In pushing through that little hole, it would push the fluids. It was designed to push the fluids from his body into his wings and mature him. And by removing the struggle, right, he ended up killing that moth because it was just fat and bloated. We can't be focused on just removing the struggle, right? We've got to let people go through some things, We've got to allow ourselves to grow through those things because we know that it will mature us, right? Businesses don't want you to struggle at all because if you do, you won't come back, right, and spend money. Family understands struggle, though. Not always fun, but we understand that this is a part of the maturing process that we need to go through right the goal of every parent we want to see our kids become adults and mature right the goal of any good pastor is to see people maturing and growing in their faith right we're so consumer driven though that we want to remove that struggle from from everything and we're dying from this lack of maturity Ephesians 4:14 4, they then we will no longer be infants wouldn't that be great right Paul's describing immaturity there. Here's what it looks like. Tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Are we family? Or are we consumers, right? Will we be offended when anyone calls us to take up the trash bag or sacrifice or be inconvenienced? Or will we embrace that inconvenience? Are you willing to be inconvenienced? Hey, will you come to church on Sunday nights or Friday nights or Saturday mornings and pray? Nah. I don't want to be inconvenienced. Well, well, will you come on a Wednesday night because we want to pray for our kids getting ready to go back to school? I think we had 10 adults willing to do that. 10 adults willing to come pray for our kids i was shocked by that will we be inconvenienced right is a game on is there something else that's more important do we not realize the value of prayer hey we we come to sunday school no it's boring we come to wednesday night then no i really just don't like that class It's not a subject I'm interested in. Hey, will you give sacrificially? Will you give generously? Uh, No, I'll give what I can, but not in those veins, right? I'll give what I'm comfortable with. Will you attend regularly? Will you read your Bible daily? Will you be in prayer? I'm a horrible pastor if I don't get on you. No shame. No, no nothing. I'm just here to call you to it, right? (laughs) Let me tell you something. I'm here to call myself to it, right? Will you be inconvenienced? Will you sacrifice? I I know there's things that come up. That's why I don't ever think anything like about things. I know people are sick times. I know people have something else going on that week. I know people are on vacation and everything like that. Those things happen, right? But I want to call you to those things, and I want to give you an opportunity To be a part of this family it's important it's important to be a family right if we're if we're not careful i'm worried that we're just going to bring our american cultural mindset in here right which is all about avoiding everything hard avoiding everything uncomfortable and all god does is call you to the uncomfortable that's all he does right to lay down your pride to get on your knees but in it, we become mature. Through it, we can become mature, right? Don't continually say no to things. Pray to God and see what He's calling you to and then follow in, right? This isn't a business, this is a family. And everyone has a part to play according to what you're able, right? And even beyond what you're able, and what He enables you to do. Everyone has a, a part to play. God's not interested in your comfort, He's interested in your growth. Don't avoid the struggle, right? Maturity is the place where you're going to experience the fullness of Christ. It's a a great place, right? Maturity is where you're going to experience the freedom from following Christ. And you're going to experience what God has for you. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish this at work so that you may mature, be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Consider it pure joy, really, right? Yeah. Rejoice in your heart when you encounter these various trials. Why? Because we know maturity can be right behind that. If we're a church that doesn't value maturity and just values comfort, man, we're bailing on anything that we can. And we're not making a difference in this community. We're not going to make a difference in people's lives, right? Parents, we see what it does to our kids when we remove the struggle. We see what's going on in our culture today, right? Don't avoid it. Don't avoid it. Would you stand with me? Some of you are in a weight room type season. As your pastor... Don't bail on it. Keep working out. Keep working out in that quiet time, right? Keep working out. Like Sometimes when you're working out, you don't see the results. And it can be frustrating when you're just plateaued at that one particular weight. Keep working out, though. See what God does that. Because you're going to need that strength for what God has in store for you in the next season. We keep working out, Right? I'm here to call you to the weight room if you're not in the weight room. And that's the place where we abide in Christ and spend time with him. I'm here to call you to that, to, to lift weights. It's tough. You're not gonna like that. Look, reading your Bible every day, praying every day, you might not like that, but I'm here to call you to it. I'm here to call you to jump in the pool and find a place to serve, to do acts of service, right I'm here to tell you that if you're already lifting weights and you've got comfortable at that weight, to put some more weight on it. Let God stretch you. Let God build you. Let God mature you so that you'll be better able to handle next season. Amen? Commit to that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we, we know that everything in our human nature, I hate discomfort. I hate inconvenience. I hate all those things. But Father, would you help me to be inconvenienced for whatever you call me to be, for whatever you call me to do, Lord? Father, would you help me to be a a better family member, to reach out to people who are struggling and help them out, Lord? Would you help me to be more humble, less prideful, less offended, less angry, and more focused on you. Lord, call us. Call us to join you in what you're doing. And don't let our American culture get in the way of that. Lord, don't let us do something because we see the struggle that's going to come from it don't let us say no because of that, Lord. Instead, let us put our faith and trust in you to get us through that struggle, Lord. Father, for those that are struggling right now, would you just give them some new encouragement to keep working out, to keep working through it, to keep trusting you through it. Would you help us to trust the plan that you have and the purpose that you have behind everything? Lord, we love you and we give you praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.